Welcome to Goodfellow Podcasts. This episode is kindly supported by Pharmac. I'm Dr. Louise Kugler, and today I'm talking to Professor Keith Petrie about the nocebo effect, what it is and what we can do about it. Professor Petrie is a professor within the Department of Psychological Medicine at the University of Auckland. He has made significant contributions to health, medicine and psychoimmunology. His illness perception questionnaire, IPQ, has widely cited and its use has advanced the understanding of how people perceive and respond to illness, with implications for recovery. He is also a leader in the study of modern health worries, the public perception of risks associated with modern technology, often creating a nocebo effect and leading people to resort to alternative therapies. Welcome, Keith. Thank you, Louise. Good to be here. So today we're talking about the nocebo effect. Many will be familiar with the placebo effect, but nocebo effect may well be a new term for them. Can you provide us with a definition for our listeners, please, Keith? Sure. Well, uh, first of all, uh, the nocebo effect was um, known as an adverse effect from an inert substance, but it's definition has widened over time to include um, side effects that are not due to the physiological effects of a treatment. And probably more than that, it's, it's the nocebo effects moved out of medicine more into sort of environmental issues as well and um, people's concerns about new technology when um, people report symptoms related to that technology that are not due Um, to the technology itself. So yeah, the placebo effect is is much more commonly um, talked about, but it's the nocebo effect probably has a much more, um, much stronger impact in medicine uh, than its uh, more glamorous uh, sister. Thank you, Keith. So why is it important for our listeners to be aware of this effect? Well, studies show that probably 70 to 80% of side effects to medicines are not due to the, um, the drug effect. Mm-hmm. And we, we know that um, about 25 to 40% of people who are on in, ra- in randomized controlled trials and, and uh, taking placebo will report uh, side effects to the medicine. So these are sort of background factors that come in that people um, will present to their GP misattributing um, symptoms to, to the effect of medicines. And so it's important, I think, to, for doctors to be aware of it, but also I think it's even more uh, important for uh, patients to be aware that, that it's a very strong and um, people are very... Uh, if you if you like susceptible to um, to the nocebo effect occurring, particularly when they uh, change medicines, it's also um, relevant to a lot of sort of common uh, problems that GPs see, such as uh, people who believe that they're uh, sensitive to gluten, um, change their diet, and then misattribute the effects to the the diet, or um, perhaps misattribute. Um, the effects of not feeling well to having what they believe are some gluten products that they're particularly sensitive to. So, you know, it's actually applicable to a wide range of um, things that people get involved in these days. Hmm. And what are the mechanisms involved or proposed with the nocebo effect? 
Yeah, well, the main uh, mechanism that causes the nocebo effect is, is really negative expectations. So these can be explicit warnings that they may read from um, a drug insert pack, and this sets off a um, negative expectations and, and guides people to look for those particular types of symptoms. About 20% of the population um, in surveys that we've done believe that they're personally sensitive to the effects of medicine. So this, this group um, tends to suffer from the nocebo effect more because they're on guard looking out for side effects that might occur when they first put on a medicine and, and therefore discontinue it. Um, there are also um, subtle um, contextual factors as well. People are very um, sensitive to the effects of branding. Um, so when they're switched from a branded medicine to a generic, they then uh, look out also for um, side effects. Um, as human beings, we're very sensitive to social cues and um, if we have heard of someone having problems on this particular type of medicine, then um, we are much more likely not to um, uh, to have problems ourselves. Um, if we hear things in the media about um, you know, a medicine, and there's good examples of this with statins, that negative stories about statins um, don't uh, cause any different uh, change in people, the number of people who are prescribed statins, but it, they do result in people discontinuing statins more. Uh, and in a couple of European studies, they've shown that this discontinuation of um, people on statins has led to an increased uh, rate of heart attacks and um, cardiac deaths as well. So it's, it's not a trivial problem um, in terms of people coming off medication because of the nocebo effect. There's also studies that we've also done on, on choice. Um, so that's another contextual factor is when people are um, not given a choice of medicine, they tend to report more nocebo effects and also it reduces the placebo effect of, of the medicine that, that all medicines sort of cash in on. And there are also another mechanism is of course learning. So when people have had bad experiences in the past with a particular type of uh, medicine or treatment, they are much more likely to experience those as well. So Keith, can you please give us an example of a nocebo effect in practice? Probably a, a one that people may have been familiar with uh, recently and, and one that occurs from time to time is when a medicine is switched um, to a generic. Mm -hmm. Recently in New Zealand we had the case of uh, venlafaxine going from branded to generic um, and 45,000 New Zealanders switched. This um, resulted in some initially print stories and then television stories about the switch and people having problems with the switch, um, which we have uh, studied and looked at the effect of these media stories on people's uh, complaints to the um, Centre for Adverse um, Drug Reactions and shown that these uh, stories in the media led to an increase in side effect reporting and also the specific um, specific symptoms that were mentioned in the stories were reflected the following month. 
in the uh, reports to come. So um, whereas uh, symptoms that or side effects that occurred at the same rate prior to the media stories did not increase if they weren't um, mentioned in the media. So we, we can see how um, people can pick up on what they hear in the media and reflect this back to um, their GPs in terms of the problems they may have. And when people are switched to a new drug that looks different, tastes different perhaps, they can be um, alerted, if you like, to look out for problems. I think the main thing to say about the nocebo effect in this case is, is really what we're talking about here is, a, is an attribution error. Um, most of the time people are attributing common symptoms that w they would have normally to the effects of a drug change. And we know in the community and surveys that we've done of um, over a thousand New Zealanders that the median number of symptoms that people report in the previous uh, week is around five, but, a, but over 20% of people normally have more than 10 symptoms that they report. Mm. And so it's very easy for these symptoms to be misattributed to the effect of a medicine change. So Keith, in clinical practice, how can we reduce the nocebo effect? What strategies can you suggest? Yeah, there hasn't been a lot of research in this area. We've done a few studies in this area, but it's something that people are uh, looking at a bit more and more. I think the suggestions I'd have would be firstly around framing side effects. So instead of framing side effects in a negative way, um, you know, 20% of people will report headaches and report some other symptoms, framing it in the sense that you know, over 80% of people uh, don't re report any problems taking this medication. And there have been studies that have used this with um, things like vaccinations to, to show that that sort of framing can reduce side effects. One of the other things is, is a more positive approach is to optimise people's positive expectations of a treatment, the benefits of a treatment, and often these um, get um, forgotten in the um, and the you know, wish to make sure that you've told patients about all the side effects that they perhaps can, mm -hmm. that we forget to give people the positive benefits of the treatment and to explain a little bit of how it works and how initial side effects may be a signal that the drug is starting to, to work for them. And I think the other um, thing that we've found useful particularly for patients with higher levels of anxiety about taking uh, treatment is to teach people or give them information about the nocebo effect, how it occurs and how easily it can occur because by preparing patients, particularly those who are anxious, we can reduce the reported side effects following a, following a treatment. And I think Anxious patients are, the, are really the ones to look out for. You know, anxiety sets us up for the, the um, nocebo response because it, it makes, um, you know, anxious people are always scanning forward, looking for problems and looking for things that go wrong. And when they find something, they also tend to make negative uh, interpretations about that particular side effect or symptom. 
um, and rather than normalising it, oh, that's probably something that would have occurred any anyway. Or um, you know, uh, they tend to make um, more um, negative interpretations of those symptoms. So, anxiety is really a key driver with the nocebo effect for people to alert people to problems. And how powerful as a clinician is our language and our patient relationship when thinking about this effect? And how can we empower patients to succeed? Well, I think, you know, there's good evidence that um, doctors that have a more empathic um, relationship with um, patients and patients feel the doctors listen to them and is is empathic, they have a much uh, more powerful placebo response to the treatment that they give. So the, the placebo effect is wrapped around any, any treatment that um, is provided. And this can be maximized by a, a good doctor-patient relationship. And there's also evidence that it can also minimize um, the nocebo effect as well. So um, communication, I think, is, is critical to patients feeling that um, they're getting the right treatment and the treatment's going to have uh, positive benefits and the doctor's minimising the negative effects. Is there a role for simple screening tools such as the perceived sensitivity to medicine scale to identify those more at risk? Yeah, I think possibly. Um, the perceived sensitivity to medicine scale is a, it's just a brief five-item questionnaire that we've um, shown to be effective to identify people who are at risk of um, a nocebo type response. But, you know, a quick way um, maybe just to ask patients directly, are you the sort of person that is particularly sensitive to the effects of medicine? And that's a fairly good screening, both a screening question and also a conversation starter in terms of looking at the way patients um, view uh, medicines, um, because it's often associated with with um, problems down the line and people stopping medication. And Keith, are there any particular populations that we need to be more aware of? Are there any gender differences, any cultural differences that have been looked at and studied in New Zealand? Not particularly. I think the the psychological variables to look out for really are. Um, people being sensitive, feeling that they're sensitive to the effects of medicine, and also more highly anxious patients. So you you see that with the types of um, nocebo responses that you get in medicine switches, they tend to be ones um, where patients are more anxious and um, perhaps more sensitive to the effect of um, change. And also uh, an important factor to consider is just the number of background symptoms that the patient has because the more symptoms they report the more material is out there for them to misattribute to the effects of of some medicine change or new medication. Mm, Excellent point thank you. So Keith in clinical research and clinical studies it feels like we should be trying to control for the nocebo effects. How can we do this in practice? Well I think um, I guess setting expectations is a is a good um, way to start. Trying to optimise patients' positive expectations of treatments and minimise um, their negative expectations. 
framing uh, side effects in a more positive direction, um, giving examples about how side effects can often point to the drug starting to work and do, its, do what it's supposed to do, um, and perhaps using um, a change as a way of teaching or preparing patients about the nocebo effect so that they don't um, uh, feel susceptible to it. Um, you know, looking out for patients with a lot of background symptoms and high anxiety, as I mentioned before, is also important. I think um, as a sort of a sidebar to this, you know, there's much more interest these days in um, how we can maximise patient expectations about treatments because we don't actually do that um, well. But there's been some recent studies showing that when patients um, feel much more positive about the treatment they're on, they do a lot better. Um, the effect of the medication actually lasts longer and uh, they report less side effects. So being positive about treatments has a lot of benefits, I think. And it's something that's going to be much more in the, um, I guess, in the press and in, in um, medicine in the coming years. Because if we can cash in on the, um, the placebo effect, if you like, by boosting um, the placebo effect for treatments, um, we can uh, maximise the overall benefits of treatment. Yeah, excellent point. So our language is crucially important. Yes, it is. So Keith, in a rapidly changing world with lots of new technology, we are often asked about the effect of technology on health. I wonder if you could talk to us about this. Yeah, the nocebo effect is often used uh, or relevant in this area because if we look back on history, in history, we see changes in new technology when, for example, when... Um, Trains were introduced, people believed they uh, suffered from railway spine because the body wasn't um, designed to go that fast. And when the telephone was introduced, people um, reported buzzings in the air and so forth. We've seen it in the past with cell phone towers, radio towers, wind turbine infrasound, um, Wi-Fi, and the more recent one that's coming up is going to be 5G. Um, so people will report um, problems when that is introduced as well. The common thing here is, is a, a sort of a classic nocebo response that people are, um, the current zeitgeist is, is very much concerned about environmental factors and those worries and concerns get picked up into medicine as well and people start reporting side effects due to new technology that they're concerned about. I guess it's something to be aware of. It's um, pretty hard to counteract apart from um, uh, showing people that um, these things occur. I mean, we've done some studies where we've brought people into the lab and either told them that they've been exposed to infrasound, which causes headaches and... Um, uh, symptom complaints and uh, or told them that they've been exposed to infrasound and infrasound has been shown to be uh, uh, improve people's health, make them feel more refreshed and relaxed and uh, healthier 
and we get the exact response that we frame. So people who are um, framed in a more positive way report uh, less symptoms. Those that have infrasound's been framed in a negative way report uh, many more symptoms. So the framing of these things is, is critically important and um, also you know, how they're represented in the media is also important. Um, so Keith, thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. I wonder if you could just wrap up with some take-home messages for our listeners. Well, I guess the first take-home message is the nocebo effect is a very important part of medical practice. It's much, uh, it causes more problems and um, distress than its more glamorous sister, the placebo effect. Essentially, it's a problem of misattribution, that patients are, are misattributing common symptoms to the effects of a, a new medication or a change of medication typically. Those that are susceptible tend to believe that they have, uh, are more sensitive to the effects of medicine and have higher levels of anxiety. It's important to, to counteract the nocebo effect. Um, framing of side effects is, is important. Giving people information about the nocebo effect before they perhaps start a, a medicine. And um, optimising the positive expectations. Um, that way I think we can reduce as far as possible um, the nocebo response in clinical practice. Great. Thank you, Keith, for your time. If you're a New Zealand GP and would like to claim CPD points for listening to this podcast, fill in the Reflection of Learning form found at goodfellowunit.org. You'll also find a list of resources used in this podcast, and on our website you can also access for free webinars, med cases, and e-learning modules. Thank you for listening.